All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Inside Line podcast. I'm Renita Vermeulen, an aspiring motorsport presenter and part of the team at ID Media Group, and I'm so excited to announce my very first guest. Fresh from his 2023 Australian Superbike Championship, this rider is no stranger to winning on all things two wheels. 2008 American Supermoto Champion, X Games Silver Medalist in Supermoto, multiple Australian Superbike Champion, multiple Australian Dirt Track Champion, multiple Australian Supermoto Champion, and second Australian XC Eliminator in 2013, Troy Herfoss. I caught up with Troy to chat all about his 2023 championship on board his Penrite Honda Fireblade, along with that bombshell news that he dropped right before his weekend at the Bend to see what's happening with his 24 season. So stay tuned for my interview with Troy. All righty, guys, we have Troy Herfoss here. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being my first guest. How are you going? Thank you so much for having me. What an honour. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be your first guest and hopefully I can um, give the, the, the listeners something something worthwhile. Oh, no, the <laughs> honour is mine. Thank you so much. So, guys, yeah, we're in the presence of greatness. The 2023 Australian Superbike Champion is in the house. And I just need to let you all know, we're both in Queensland. It is like 30 degrees, hot and humid. It's storming. And he tells me he's just been out for a run in this weather. So he's an athlete, guys. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think I don't think it was a smart option. But anyway, <laughs> got to keep in shape. Oh, exactly. But um, Troy, let's get straight into this and let's have a chat about your season. So obviously this year... You started off the year, Phillip Island, as the supporting round with the World Superbikes, and you had a couple of top fives, but then after that, it was podium after podium before your victory that you took at Queensland Raceway. So tell me, what happened at the start of the season where you were, you know, top five, so still at the front of the pack, but then what was that change that made you go to the top step of the podium? Uh, it was it was a bit of a process for the team, really, just uh, since the, yeah, backtracking to my accident I had a few years ago, I uh, had a really difficult year, sort of um, the following season. We changed tyre manufacturers and I was really injured and uh, just really struggled the whole year. And, and it was sort of put down to my health, really, um, as to why we were struggling, struggling. And it sort of got to the point where I was really feeling like I was uh, back to my best fitness-wise or getting close to, and, and the results weren't really improving for me. And, and um yeah, it just took a bit of time to establish that I just wasn't able to get as much out of the bike as, as what I should have been. And um, it probably all come to a come to a head at sort of Phillip Island or even Sydney the weekend after. Uh, round two, I was I was pretty unhappy with, with where I was at. I was I was definitely feeling like I was um, like riding at a good level and um, just couldn't quite get the most out of the motorbike and, and from that point on we just sort of all got together and, and um, just started trying sort of different theories on how to make the bike work and what the bike might like and, and adjust my riding accordingly, really. And, yeah, it's funny, you, you can learn new tricks even when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so with regards to that, like how much of the changing did you have to do? Did you do a lot of like testing outside I noticed um, Russell Coburn, who's a mutual friend of ours, would post photos and I'd see you on a different spec bike. So were you out doing a lot of this testing in between racing to try and make these changes? Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, well, we just, between 
um, like the whole team really, and and Paul Free and Charlie Hallam, they were they were working with them between each other as crew chief and electronics, and and just sort of sort of had to, you know, they come up with a with a theory on the way the bike wanted to be ridden, and um and rather than just trying to make the bike work for what I was feeling all the time, we just thought it was time to uh, try and. Um, adapt me to something different, a different style of riding, and, and just try and make things a bit easier, easier for myself. And um, and yeah, we we done a lot of a lot of testing, and um, and just sort of changed changed my approach to a lap time really, and and how I went about it, and and um, it was just made the life so much easier for me. The bike was a lot easier to ride towards the end of the year, and and um, and it showed we were able to fight for victories. Almost every time we're on the track, so and then the finish in the year was was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty amazing year for us, really. Yeah, no, it was an incredible year, and it was funny because I actually ran into you at MX Farm, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your motocross training that you were doing. Did you find that that was actually helping you with your road racing when you're talking about changing your rides ride style? Did you find that going back to the dirt was helping you with the road? Yeah, it was helping a lot. Um, caused me a lot of pain as well. Yeah. <laughs> <Motocross> <laughs> I right. think that, that that weekend that weekend ended up. Yeah, I, I well, even this is only coming out now, really, but I broke a couple of ribs there as well. So I, I, oh, no. I had, I had, a, I, had, I had three three accidents this year on the motocross bike, and um, yeah, I think each time I broke ribs, but and um. But yeah, the, the motocross was like I was on the bike a lot, like three days a week at least um, throughout the year, and it was just helping so much. It was making making it so much easier to go to the track and and just get straight down to business. Because uh, you know, for, for anyone listening that doesn't sort of know as much about the details of road racing, it's just a it's a sport that it's quite expensive to get on the tracks, um, and it's not not easy to 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 be out there on the bike really is just that it's not as, as accessible as motocross so for me to be able to be on the motocross bike three days a week it just made it so much easier to, to get up to speed on a race weekend or at a test and just found I wasn't really spending half the day of the test um, blowing out the cobweb, cobwebs as such I was just getting straight down to business and I was arriving at a competitive lap time early in the day and then we get a lot more work done in the testing. Yeah, no, definitely. And you could see that as the year progressed. Obviously, you took the championship lead at the end of round five and then went into the season finale equal points with Josh. So having that slower start at the end, at the beginning of the season, as you progressed, got to the end of the season and, you know, you're on top fighting for the championship win going into the bend. And I wanted to ask what that was like, knowing that there's that possibility that you were going to walk away with the championship, which which you did. What was it like going into that final weekend for you? It was really, it was really exciting, and um, it's been a few years since I'd really fought for a championship. And um, yeah, I just we had such a good test there, and the year had gone so well. I it I knew that I should win it, and um, and I just it was a really honestly it was a really weird feeling, and it it might sound sound cocky or something but I, I just couldn't see it going wrong um like it i just knew that the bike was getting better and better as the year went on and i was adapting to to the bike so much better and and just my riding was improving so much that i just felt like it it just felt like i was riding better than i ever have and so when we started the weekend um 
you know, I, I think Josh probably, <laughs> he probably felt similar to that really as well. You know, I think about it because we just started off the Friday just really going fast and, and trading lap times and, and um, you hand up the Friday just a small bit ahead of me. But we, we separate, separated ourselves from the rest of the field really quickly. And um, I think it's just that's the that's the really cool part about fighting for a championship. It just lifts the guys that are fighting for the championship, just lifts so much. And it just was so exciting going to Tail and Bend, knowing that, you know, two guys were going to duke it out. And, and um, there was no no worry about who finished second because worst case scenario, we finished second. So it was really an all, all or nothing weekend. It was um, quite exciting. Okay. But honestly, how does it feel to be championship? Tell me really. Oh, it's unreal. Like the, <laughs> the, Because I made the decision I did before the championship finished to, to um, like go a different direction for 2024, it, it put a bit more pressure on me because I felt like I really owed it to the team to get the job done. And, and when, when it all played out the way it did, you know, a dominant weekend, pole position, qualifying record, two race wins and then and then in race two when when Josh fell and I was out front by you know a few few seconds I had a good margin I could actually just roll around the last two or three laps and just literally soak it all in it was um soak it all up sorry it was yeah it was pretty cool it was about as good as it's going to get for me in in um my Australian superbike career I reckon so I thought that was a good time to maybe um, call it call it time for now on on what I was doing there with Honda. So yeah, I'm just glad it worked out the way it did because we the the team I, I owed it to the team to to give them this and I owed it to myself to get back to this level and and I'm just so happy that we we finished up the way we did. Well, it was definitely such a surprise when you literally dropped your bombshell that you were departing Honda, who you've been with for forever, right? And ER Motorsports, the Penrite Honda Superbike team. So when you dropped that news, really, really stunned the whole paddock. And I wanted to ask you, what what's next for you? I hope you're not retiring. I mean, it's fine to retire on top, but what's your plans for 24? Uh, definitely, I'm definitely not retiring. Okay, I, good. <laughs> I just, um, I just, I just, um, like, I, I sort of, I'm at a stage where as far as, like, you know, what, what I feel like I've accomplished in, in Australian racing, I, I feel like I, if I if it was my time to retire, I'm sort of okay with that. But I just wanted to put myself out there and and make it make it clear that I'm looking for something new and and I want to go overseas. And uh, yeah, I mean I'm 36 years old now, and I feel like I'm I'm 26 years old because I you know I started late in my career. I I never went overseas and had an international career at all. And and then with COVID and and the injury shortly after, I feel like the last four years or so have have sort of just sort of disappeared in a flash, and um, and while I still feel like, well, while, while I know I'm at the top of my game, I just wanted to make it very clear that I, I wanted to change and I wanted to go overseas. Because in the past, uh, I'd sort of had a bit of a look around to go overseas, but I think it, I was just it was well, I was so attached to my team and, and to Honda. I don't think many people thought I really, really wanted to, to change, and um, and yeah, what better way to to attract a little bit of attention from some international teams is to uh, quit your job or you week out from the championship. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, a, and that's why it was hard. It was really hard at the time because I, you know, and understandably most people just thought that I was, I had, a, I had a ride lined up with another team and like a competing team and I was going to come back and race against my, my old team. But 
yeah, that wasn't that's that's not the case. I'm I'm really trying my best to go overseas, and and I'm sort of in a position where I'm willing to uh, sacrifice um, being on a good a top Australian team in order to wait out to go overseas, just because. I mean, where I'm looking to go, uh, being whether it's England or America, they both um, both championships start later in the year compared to us. So, um, in order for me to, to sort of exhaust every opportunity out there for me, I may have to wait wait it out a bit longer. And so, I just wanted to prepare myself for that. And and um, yeah, so for that reason, I, I probably won't be fighting for an Australian Superbike championship. It doesn't mean I won't be on the grid or riding an Australian Superbike, but um, for now, I just want to make sure. I, I know that there's definitely not something out there for me internationally or there is. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like um, before you jumped on the recording, I told everyone about your resume, you know, listing off Supermoto um, champion X Games. You've done a lot, but by listening to what you're saying is like you said, you started later in the road racing. So it sounds like you have unfinished goals that you're wanting to achieve. So will we see you maybe somewhere in the European, the British circuit or maybe in America? Is that the direction that you're thinking? Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely no opportunity for me to race in in world world in the world championship. But um, both England and America are, are really sort of exciting for me. Um, like I, I had a bit of a taste of, of living in America when I was younger, racing supermoto, and I loved it. And so for that reason, I would love to go there. And then and then you've got England, you know, being the like arguably the most competitive domestic championship in the world. That would be an amazing opportunity to to test myself against some of the best domestic superbike riders in the world. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to work it out myself at the moment. But but either of them is where I hope to be next year. Um, I just I'm just unsure what direction I'll be going. Awesome. Well, we'll have to get you back on when uh, you make that decision and it's announced. We'll have you back on Inside Line to talk all about your future uh, endeavors with that. But I just wanted to jump back a little bit into your career like we were talking about before when I said about, you know, Supermoto and X Games and you've done so much on two wheels but most notably what um stood out for me watching you with your whole career journey is that massive crash that took place back in uh, 2021 i believe in darwin that could have been a career ending crash and then watching you come from that come back all the way up through and now your 2023 australian superbike champion like what a journey that you've had can you talk us a little bit about that that the crash that you had the recovery that you had to go both physically and mentally to get back to where you are now talking about how you feel like you're 26 years old and you can go take on the world coming from that place to now can you tell us a bit about that journey yeah that that was just like a a day i'll never forget and like I, yeah, we'd we'd come out of out of COVID and it was sort of still that COVID sort of time and and um yeah I I just it, it just all it just all you just don't realise how quickly it can all be over. Like I, I the day before I just felt so comfortable on the bike. I I had a really close battle with a rival of mine, Wayne Maxwell, and I come out on top and it just felt like I was in complete control and um. And then the following morning, you know, I, I come into the first, the third turn on the track and, and down I went at sort of 200 plus, like a fair way over 200k an hour. And, um, and yeah, as soon as, as soon as that front wheel sort of slid out, I, I knew that it was really bad. And, 
And um, yeah, like yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that split second where I knew I was going to make contact with the fence, and then yeah, then a few days pass, and you wake up on a bed, and you you know can't move, and <laughs> you're not sure what's wrong with you because yeah, you just I just had scars all over me, and yeah, I, it was it was a crazy crazy time it's hard to hard to really explain explain it to be honest but um yeah I can imagine yeah the injuries that you sustained were they they were quite a long process for those to heal right because you did your femur you did in into the hip was that correct yeah so I did my the major injuries were my neck of femur had snapped and it was dislodged by quite a way and then my humerus was um Compounded up under under my armpit and shattered the bone, like an um and like a, I guess when the bone twists, I can't remember what sort of fracture they call that. But um and then yeah, the top of my tibia, like my leg, my leg had hyperextended and and it, it broke the top of the top of my tibia. Um, so I had a bit of like a very small knee injury. Um, I had a couple of broken toes, <laughs> um, some ribs. Um, yeah, and it it was just. So it just felt so bad. Like, I, yeah, so my arm wouldn't. So at first, my arm wouldn't move at all, and and I couldn't move my leg. So I was, I was in the wheelchair for a, a little while, and okay. um, yeah, it was it was bad. Full time care. Like uh, my wife and I had a, our first child, and three months old, and were yeah under full time care at her parents, and it was it was a real. A real big one for me, and then yeah, that's that's why to get to get back to where I am now, just yeah, you really can enjoy every time you're on the motorbike. You know, it's a lot easier you, as the years go on. You sort of, I guess, you just take it for granted. Really, you always I was always in great shape and um, never had a, a lot of bad injuries. I was able to race a motorbike at a high level for all my career, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's just all over. And then that first few months getting back on the bike, I was just so scared. Every time I rode, I I was thinking about things that could go wrong, and my body wasn't good as well, so I couldn't maneuver the bike in the way I wanted to. And yeah, just that feeling that I was probably never I I just had a feeling that I was never going to be able to get back to where I felt like I was completely in control. And yeah, then that's why this year was just such a, an amazing experience for me, just getting back to better than I ever was, and and the body starting to come good again. It's yeah, it's been really cool. That's so awesome. I mean, it sucks that you went through that, but that journey, like you said now, that you're riding better than you ever have. You feel better on the bike than you ever have. Maybe it's like you had to go through that to get to this point, to now be champion, to take those next steps to go overseas. So it's so exciting hearing that there's just so much enthusiasm in your voice about, look, I can do this, you know, and and I'm top of my game and I'm feeling the best I ever have. So I'm so excited yeah. to hear about what happens with next year. But I mean, also wanted to ask you, obviously, racing in Australia, you said about that you changed tire manufacturers and things like that. Talk to us a little bit about with, with where you're going, maybe England or America, the differences over there to Australia with the Australian Championship. It's obviously more rounds, but is it different tire manufacturers, different style of bikes? Is there things that you're going to have to learn that's going to put you uh, – um, obviously you're coming from being the top of the field here to put you into a position where it's everything's new I guess you're going to have to learn the tracks as well so talk us a little bit about with that next year yeah so the first thing is going to be the tracks uh, learning the tracks and then and then you've got yeah two different spec bikes so if I go to America it's it's a it's basically a world super bike 
so a lot of adjustability and then and then in, in America the a controlled Dunlop spec tire so that'll be something I haven't ridden so for uh, around eight years now and then and then England you've got you know less electronics than Australia but more adjustability in the chassis and and then you're on the same tires so it's sort of they're both going to be different and foreign um, but yeah I, I think I think what I've learned in the last few years since the injury, like I've got a, a lot better understanding of of uh, what I need from a bike and and what I need to change on the bike to make it suit me. And yeah, I've been around really good people the last few years and and really had to learn a lot because I was struggling so much. I couldn't just rely on on just my my natural ability to to adjust to a bike because I. It, for a while there, I couldn't physically do it, so I was sort of forced to learn more about what was underneath me. So I think that's going to help me as well. Um, obviously, I've got a lot of experience now, so yeah, I think I don't know what would be easier. Like, um, the you know America on a different tire with a really high spec bike, um, and then British Superbikes are a higher spec bike than ours as well. But it's it's um it's they don't have any traction control in that series, so. Yeah, you've got a lot of power in your in your hands, so it's a bit old school, I guess. That'll be quite a lot of fun. A bit old school, yeah. Definitely, some of the racing's crazy over there, especially Cadwell, where they get air. Oh, that track's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the. I, yeah, if I can race that track, I'll be happy. It, it looks really cool. It looks cool, but oh, I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, look, Troy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It's been awesome to obviously follow your journey throughout and get to chat with you a little bit about what it's like to be obviously a champion now, going through that journey that you had with the accident to get to where you are. And I'm so excited to finally find out where you're going to go and what you're going to do next year and look forward to watching you wherever your journey takes you. So thank you so much for being my first guest on the Inside Line podcast. And thanks for having me. I'll be adding adding the inside lines on my list of podcasts for now on. So I wish you all the best in, in that as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Troy. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.